Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there'll be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hi, folks. Welcome to Spread the Word Global Ministries. This is George, and our title today is God of Eternity. First of all, get a piece of paper and a pen to record the scriptures that will come. Remember, you are instructed to test the information you hear to see if it aligns with the Word of God. This is how you become strong in the Lord. As a Christian, you are called to confront the enemy on behalf of the sick, the lame, the crippled, the blind, the oppressed, the lost, the abused, the fatherless, the widows, the orphans. I want to start with a question. When we, that's you and me, pray to God, is our image of Him in line with what His Word says about Him? We are going to begin by looking into a couple of special verses that the prophet Isaiah spoke. But first, let me say this to you, that Christians, we as Christians, are amazing new creations. We are people in this natural realm filled with God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the God who inhabits eternity. Heaven is his throne. He is the supernatural, invisible, all-powerful God inhabiting our natural body and doing supernatural things through us. God calls things using us, our voice, calls things which do not exist into things which do exist. Praying to a wrong image of who God is can be like praying to idols. That is what the Old Testament Israelites did and they experience God's wrath and judgment. God cannot be put in a box. He is not a slave to help us get out of trouble by a brief prayer. Now, what does Isaiah the prophet say about God? Remember, Isaiah spoke what God told him to speak. So this is what God says. For the high and exalted one, he who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy, says this, I dwell on the high and holy place, but also with the contrite and humble in spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite. Moving further in Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 1, Isaiah says, what God says, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you could build for me? And where will my resting place be? For all these things my hand has made. 
So all these things came into being by me and for me, declares the Lord. But, he continues, but to this one I will look graciously, to him who is humble and contrite in spirit, and who reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. Our Father, who resides in all of eternity, is looking for people who exhibit these traits, humble and contrite. So let's take a moment and define them. Humble is having a modest or a low opinion of your own importance. Meek, submissive, not proud or arrogant. Contrite, the definition for contrite is broken in spirit from a sense of guilt, truly sorry for something you have done. It can be stated like as an utter, deep, heartfelt remorse on how my sins have hurt my father. That's who God wants to inhabit. Now let's look at King David. He was the eighth son of his father Jesse. Didn't even make the lineup when Samuel came to anoint another man as king. David was the runt who was left behind to tend the sheep, except he had a humble and contrite heart. David wrote this psalm before he became king, so let's turn to Psalm 34, verse 17. David writes, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from their distress and troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit, meaning contrite in heart, truly sorry for their sin. Now, we know David made some wrong decisions. You would even say bad decisions. Psalm 51 gives us an open window into how David felt when confronted by God through the words of Nathan the prophet. Psalm 51, verse 17. David says, My only sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. That's how David viewed it. God will not despise a broken and a contrite heart. If we have the wrong view of God our Father, then we are worshiping idols. Moving on, what did God say to Moses? This is now Moses in front of the burning bush. He's taken his shoes off. It's holy ground. Moses says to God, Behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? Moses asks, What shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, You shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. That's beautiful. Beautiful. This is the one who revealed his power, his glory, his love, when he sent the ten plagues upon the Egyptians to free the Israelites. This I am who I am is God our Father and God the Son. 
and God, the Holy Spirit, together called the Trinity, the one who inhabits eternity. He is unchangeable, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, who was and is and is coming. He was not created. He always was. Angels were created. Archangels were created. Fallen angels, the demonic realm, they were created. Heaven and earth were created by the God who is everlasting. Do you remember that the Holy Spirit revealed that Jesus created everything for himself? Colossians 1, verse 16. It says, For by him, that's by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. We've already talked that God is holy. Well, then Jesus, the Son, is holy, as is the Holy Spirit, because they dwell together. They are also, and here's a list of attributes, they are all-knowing, all-powerful, and present everywhere. They are unchanging and righteous. They are perfect and eternal. They are gracious and loving. They are infinite and immortal. They are incomparable, awesome and majestic. These are attributes that are only possessed by a supreme God. No other created creature can possess these attributes. With all these abilities and qualities and strength, how can we ever think that we can fool God? Jesus knows our hearts. Let's go to John chapter 2 and verse 24. That records, But Jesus, for his part, did not trust himself to men, because he knew all people. For he himself knew what was in man, in their hearts, in the very core of their being. Matthew 9 says it a little different. It says, But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Samuel, 1 Samuel. Remember? Samuel, or the Lord is saying to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord is looking at your heart today, every day, all day. It's obvious there is nowhere we can hide from him, so it pays to be honest and truthful before him when we pray. We may pray by ourselves or in a group, but Jesus still looks at our heart, no matter where we are or what we're doing. Now another question. What happens to you when Jesus reveals even a little bit of himself, of his glory, of his majesty, and of his power? 
Well, let's look at what happened to Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, verse 9. Daniel says, Then I heard the sound of his words. And when I heard the sounds of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep, with my face toward the ground, unable to stand. John chapter 18, in the Garden of Gethsemane, recounts a similar situation. They came to arrest Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm he. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. The force revealed when he said those words meant that they couldn't even stand there. They were walking back, stepping back, and fell to the ground. No strength in them. And John in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, says the same thing. John says, when I saw him, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. Amazing. Oh, we serve such a beautiful God, such a beautiful Christ, such a beautiful Son of God. These revelations of the supreme glory of God should cause us to know without a doubt that we are in the presence of a mighty, holy God. Our prayers should reflect our awesome respect and honor that such a God wants a relationship with us. Oh, he's beautiful. This Jesus died for you on a cross because he loves you. He rose again to bring life to you. And Father, I thank you for this word. Thank you that we are running the race that the Apostle Paul talked about. And we see Jesus at the finish line. Not a ribbon, not a trophy. We see Jesus at the finish line. And we behold his glory as of the only begotten Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.